Hi everyone, you are now tuning in to another episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. Our special guest today is Impact producer Naima Torres. We hope you enjoy part one of this two-part discussion. Thank you for joining us today. Hello audience, thank you so much for joining us. Today we're going to be doing Conversations with producers. And we have um, Naima Jamila Torres. I hope I spelled or said your middle name correctly. Um, but we're, <laughs> we're going to get right into this. Um, like I mentioned, we've been doing some with producers and everything. And I've invited this beautiful, wonderful guest to the show to tell us more about um, her position and what she's been doing in the industry. So Naima, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us, you know, what exactly um, an impact producer is and how long you've been in this industry overall in media. Yeah, so thank you, Monty, for having me on. It's good to see your face again. Um, So I have been in the film industry for a really long time and I probably started when I was a teenager. Um, I am now in my mid thirties sort of. It's fine. You don't um, say your age. Not. Um, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I'm just saying like thinking about the longevity of being in film, which is definitely a marathon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started as a teenager, really like making like, you know, little documentaries, but I was actually in classes. So video production classes, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And I realized this could be a viable career. So I started as a teenager um, primarily working in, I guess, fiction, because I like to write and things like that. And that's kind of how I found my way into filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went to college, got my BFA in film, uh, film mm-hmm. and media communications. And then I went into uh, distribution for film and TV or home entertainment, because that's where the jobs were. And I didn't know really what to do other than like freelancing Mm -hmm. um, in film. And, you know, there's that pressure, too, of like, you need to make a living off of this. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not coming from a family of filmmakers, right? I'm coming from a family, you know, where everyone has like their nine to fives, which is nothing wrong with exactly. that. Mm-hmm. But I had to figure out what's my nine to five going to be? How am I going to survive, you know, pay for myself, you know, my living expenses, things like that. And so went into distribution, worked in that for almost 10 years, I want to say. Yeah. And then from there, I decided to kind of shift my focus more on the creative side um, like fully. And so I went to grad school, got my MFA from Northwestern University. Mm -hmm. And then I've been working really as an impact producer during that time of being in graduate school, like maybe right before. Um, so I didn't know what impact producing was. Mm -hmm. It was put to me, it, you know, the old school way of thinking about it is engagement and outreach. That's really what it is. Um, And it's grown into like an actual title and, you know, career. And there's like impact firms that, you know, help filmmakers on the, I mean, like, uh, like on a higher level, right? So like Mm -hmm. big budget films, there's, there's impact in there. And so I started out working for a short documentary series and doing impact for that for an independent filmmaker. 
And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is actually something I like doing. It also um, combines my experience in home entertainment distribution, right? With like marketing, sales, operations, all that stuff that I did. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like I could really do this. But what I really liked about impact producing, and now we'll get into what it is, is <laughs> the way I look at it is it is, um, it is outreach or distribution for the audience that you made the project for. So mm -hmm. whoever you had in mind when you were embarking on this journey of creating the film, you wanted to reach that audience. And so that's basically what impact is, um, impact producing is, getting to that audience. Now, impact can producing- Can you give itself, us examples, not to cut you off, but could you give us examples of those kind of audience? So to like really clarify, it can be an entire gambit, like you mentioned, from feature films to community impact stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the goal of mm -hmm. your film. So did you make this film for people who really like comic books, right? Mm -hmm. That's who you need to reach out to. Where are they? Where are they in the country? Where do they convene? What kind of activities do they do? Could mm -hmm. you pair your film with an activity that or an, some sort of activation, as we call it, with the audience that you're trying to reach. So the comic book industry, right? Or the mm -hmm. or people who love comics, where are they? Well, in, you know, some place in Arkansas, they like to convene at this downtown location in this city. Okay, yeah. well, let's bring the film to them. What? How does the film speak to them, right? Like, mm -hmm. what is it that attracts them to this film? Mm -hmm. um, oh, they really like it because X, Y, and Z. So the impact producer is collecting that information and going, oh, okay. And so this film is useful as a tool for this audience to do this. So mm -hmm. with impact, of course, you like want the film to do something for the audience. You're reaching the audience. And now what do you want it to do for the audience? So that's the next thing. Um, is your film about uh, skateboarders in the Midwest, mm -hmm. right? So there is a little community in the Midwest where there's a bunch of skateboarders and they're doing something very specific. And so how do you find that audience who would be interested in skateboarding? Is this a coming of age story? Mm -hmm. um, so do you find, you know, young people who may be interested in skateboarding? Is there some educational materials that can come out of this? Like, is there a study guide? Is there, you know, um, I don't know, an event that you can like, you know, uh, do like an outdoor screening somewhere at a skate park, mm -hmm. you know, and like show different scenes. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do impact producing where mm -hmm. it's beyond just screening the film. It's not just here, here's a film available. People are actually interested in it for very different reasons. And you want to find what those reasons are and where those people are and what you can do with the film. So do you feel like it's something where like you can customize, like you mentioned that audience more and try and find that niche market. So when you are releasing it, even to maybe movie theaters and stuff instead, because I know like mainstream does like a wide distribution, right? So like say, you know, me and you had worked at HBO before and it was like, it's just going international. Whoever wants to watch it, then it's going to be put out there. But you feel like this definitely helps on the return maybe in revenue as well, correct? If you're really finding that right audience. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a revenue a stream of impact producing or impact events and things like that is a revenue stream. I mean, thinking about HBO, right? When we were working on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. all those like all the things that Game of Thrones was doing to like get people excited about the new season and all the things that we had to coordinate, that was all impact. Like having mm-hmm. the throne, a replica of the throne, you know, mm-hmm. on Fifth Avenue, right? Yeah, that that's impact, right? That's getting that audience excited about something. Um, it 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 is it, probably tied to marketing mostly, and that's like the the fine line, uh, not the fine line, but I guess like marketing does go into impact because it's trying to get people excited. But I would even argue that that's kind of like some impact work going on there, like getting mm-hmm. people excited, going to your audience, finding your audience, trying to get them to come to a location, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean you can make money off of that in terms of uh, fundraising, like in a lot of the impact producing I do is for documentaries. So they're usually social issues or um, social justice work, Mm -hmm. not all the time, but some of the time is social justice work. And so organizations can say, hey, this film about this specific topic, I'd like to use this for a fundraiser that we're having. And so there's a licensing fee to screen the film that always Mm -hmm. happens. And it's a lot higher, it's on the educational market usually, um, Mm -hmm. than like going to pay for a theater ticket, right? Okay, yes. So there's some revenue there. There's also revenue in speaking fees for the filmmaker directly. So sometimes they want to have a Q and A with the filmmaker. Um, and so you're inviting them in, that's a speaking fee right there um, to, you know, that goes directly to the filmmaker or whatever production company or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely a revenue thing um, that can happen for mm-hmm. um, impact producing or impact work with your film. So listen, for all those media companies out there, y'all reach out to Naima, okay? So you can create an impact producer role within your company. Okay, and make it aligned with the marketing people. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I think that is it, it's it's very good what you're saying though, because it very much brings that definition on what it is that you do, right? So think about we know with producers, you have an executive producer, a funding producer, you have all these different producers, then you might have those producers that are doing a variety of everything, just trying to get the film out there, you know, but you're working in a very like niche market, like you mentioned, that you didn't even know existed, right? After being in media for so long. So I think that is a really excellent breakdown on what you're telling us, you know, for today. Mm-hmm. Now a message from our sponsors. We are excited to bring you this world exclusive teaser from Bad Rabbit Pictures and Movie Pods. They are presenting Age of Prophecy, a sci-fi fantasy podcast done in the style of the radio dramas of yesteryear. Coming soon to all streaming platforms. Visit www.moviepods.com or www.thenukechronicle.com for all the release dates. You won't want to miss this one. Your miss was born from our history. Let's check it out. Life. A vile, messy sequence of events before we die. All designed for something beyond us. It has to be, or else what's the point? You don't know me, but I know you. I am responsible for your triumphs and miseries.
I am Zira and Lil Zor. And to truly understand your own story, you must know mine. Your myths were born from my history. Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, would you elaborate on the life of an impact producer? Like, give us a breakdown on what your average day or even week will look like. <laughs> I know you're just like, a lot. <laughs> you know, well, I think it's really a matter of like, what stage the campaign is at for mm -hmm. a film. So I'm working on multiple impact campaigns at a time and they're all in different stages. Some are like, it's having it's, it's uh, having a festival run right now. So, you know, there's another set of work that's happening there. Some are in the post-production phase and that's typically when I like to be brought on at the latest of when a film is in post-production and then, you know, they're doing their edits and they're looking at things and there's a discussion with the filmmakers about audience and there's prep work involved for an impact campaign. So that's, you know, in one area. Then there are um, campaigns where the film hasn't even started filming yet. They just got funding to start this film and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm consulting right on um what the future of their impact campaign could look like so filmmakers may reach out to me and say like hey i have this film i'm about to start shooting this is what my film is about um mm -hmm. you know what what do you think where do you what direction do you think this film can go in or you know i just finished shooting i'm not quite in post-production but would love to hear your thoughts about x y and z and some films that are completely finished right and have already had distribution on on mm -hmm. the on the books but they want to know, okay, well, I want to do an impact campaign. And not every film needs an impact campaign. So I'm going to say that as well, or at least <laughs> yeah. like a long-term one. Some impact campaigns are just for like this specific moment. And then other impact campaigns last years, which I'm on an impact campaign that's been going on for going on three years now. Really? Wow. Yeah. Could you tell us more about that project? I mean, it's the film Unapologetic, directed by mm -hmm. Ashley O'Shea, Chicago-based uh, filmmaker, director, mm -hmm. and DP, award-winning, also very good friend of mine. Um, and nice. we became, I think, really good friends in working together, which is often tricky to work with friends. Um, but I well, think, I you know, you and I have worked after, together. <laughs> after three years, it's like, girl, we need to be besties right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But we worked really well together. And so her film... Uh, premiered during the pandemic, like 2020. Mm -hmm. And her film got into festivals, it was ready. And now we had to figure out, okay, how are we gonna work with, you know, an impact campaign? How are we going to basically get an audience to see this film when now we all have to be on Zoom, we can barely be in person. You know, we did have a couple of COVID safe in-person events at the height of the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, but the film did premiere uh, virtually at Black Star Film Festival in Philadelphia. And so, nice. which is a great festival um, that I'm actually heading to next week. Um, 
So, you know, the, that was like a lot of strategy. I w- she brought me on, you know, post-production and it was mm-hmm. a lot of strategizing, figuring out who the audience is and things changed as screenings went on. We were like, oh, here's an audience we didn't even think about because somebody in the screening was like, hey, I'd like to use that for this thing. And we were like, oh, didn't realize that that was going to resonate with you. But now we have another audience. So that's about that campaign. Again, been on it since 2020. And yeah, I've done some shorts. I did a short last summer Mm -hmm. um, for impact campaign. That was only like six months, but you know, Mm -hmm. we got to where we needed to go. And I'm on another campaign that premiered at Sundance, the Nikki Giovanni going to Mars, Nikki Giovanni film that won at Sundance for the best documentary um, this past year. And so now I'm like, you know, we, (laughs) this summer we've been like, all right, now we can implement our impact campaign. But it's mm-hmm. also contingent on funding, right? Mm-hmm. And with documentaries specifically, you got to find the, the funding. funding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so exactly. Do these things. So we did get some funding. So now we're able, you know, uh, to kind of like move forward with some of the plans that we've been made, that we made last year. So I've yeah. been on this process <laughs> last year. You know, we started You're working like, together. It's a work in progress. Right. Well, well, do you feel like with the documentary side, especially, I know that you mentioned you'd rather come in during the post time or whatever. Do you help some of these people get the funding that's needed, maybe as finishing funds and all that? Because you mentioned the impact stuff is tied somewhat to marketing as well. Yes. So, yes, I have done that. Yeah. Yes. I help with writing grants for that. I helped get um, some funding for um, a few films during their like, post-production or finishing fun. So, you know, I do do grant writing, you know, even though mm-hmm. like, you know, we're talking about impact producing today, I'm kind of like end-to-end producer, like I'm development all the way through distribution, which is where this impact comes in. And so okay. I'm helping with grant writing and things like that for films too, yeah. Now, would you mind just expanding on that when you say end-to-end? Because a lot of people in the audience might not understand, you know, me and you might know what like pre-post and the, all the little steps in between, but could you like expand on that from the end to end? Because there's also steps within that as an impact producer that maybe the audience wouldn't want to be a part of, but then that's something that you've definitely delved into. Well, I'll start off by saying that as filmmakers, you should always be thinking about audience. As a producer, you're thinking about audience right away. I mean, mm-hmm. think about how shows get greenlit right? Mm-hmm. When you're t- talking about TV, like they're thinking, is there an audience for this? And that's the mm-hmm. question that comes up with anything that you're proposing. You know, producers mm-hmm. are doing a lot of pitching, showrunners, whoever, they're doing pitching. And so you mm-hmm. have to have an audience in mind. And I recommend your audience be as specific as possible and not broad because, yes. you know, saying everybody is not an audience, like everybody <laughs> where, you know, and I tell this to my students too. I, yeah. I teach producing classes as well at both DePaul University and at Northwestern University. And nice. I tell them like, you need to be specific about your audience. And it's possible your audience, when you're thinking about it, can change depending on the response, depending on your test screenings and things like that. So just want to preface by saying that when you're in that research and development phase, which is like the first phase of creating anything, producers mm-hmm. are part of that, right? And so you're thinking, my first question, whenever someone's like, oh, I got this film idea, I'm always thinking, okay, who's this for, right? Like, who (laughs) who are you trying to attract? And this is not to discourage, it's just, I want you to think about this, because thinking about this throughout each stage, research and development, 
pre-production, um, post-production, uh, distribution, all of those mm -hmm. different stage marketing, whatever, you have to know who your audience is and you have to keep asking yourself to keep yourself kind of on track and also as a strategy to help you with finding funding because that's what producers do. We have to fundraise mm -hmm. all the time. We're fundraising at every stage. We're trying mm -hmm. to find partners, whether you're working in fiction or documentary. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by end to end. Really, I've joined in on projects just for the research and development phase, um, kind of just working on the research stuff there. And then sometimes I'm on a project where I'm in pre-production, which is we're planning for the actual production. I'm also a producer that's in production. Sometimes I'm present, you know, field producing, you know, something that's borrowed from journalism. Um, I'm in the field, you know, making sure everything goes well. I'm flying to different places for different shoots. Sometimes mm -hmm. there are folks out in LA because I'm based in Chicago um, mm -hmm. who, oh, we need someone in Chicago to shoot to help us with this scene. We don't know the area, like how do, who do we connect with to kind of get things done? And I can be that person. So of I'll say like, <laughs> I'll put a crew together I'll let them know like okay you want to talk to this person like yeah I can help you find you know some resources and ultimately that's what a producer does is find resources for everything which can be tiring but that's what I mean by end to end so I'm doing that for all phases of mm -hmm. uh, a film's life now an exciting message from our sponsors when I decided to launch this podcast, I had the tools to find talent and market the show, but needed a skilled editor to bring it all to life. That's when I turned to Jacob Daly at redhawk.uk. His collaborative approach and swift revisions transformed my vision into reality. Redhawk.uk, your one-stop solution for creative content services. Reach out to them. Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. And I know you had mentioned earlier um, when you were going to Northwestern for grad school and stuff, you didn't know about, you know, being an impact producer and everything like that. Um, do you feel like it's a learn as you go process as well, even today? It is. It is definitely a learn as you go because um, I don't think anything about film is formulaic. There are certain mm -hmm. things that have to happen, right? But there, it depends on the type of film you're doing, depends on the type of work you're doing. And I think that's what makes a producer pretty good to work with is when mm -hmm. they understand that there's no one size that fits all for a project. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I think that being at Northwestern, you know, the kind of work that I make personally is probably not mass appeal. So also I'm coming from that perspective of knowing like, yeah, well, typically you would do this for a film, but not for the type of film that I'm making, like whatever artsy stuff that I like, like to delve into. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's the best way to put it um, for thinking about like producing work. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I tell people as well is finding like you mentioned your friend that is like, um, you guys have grown closer together. Do you feel like, did you have a mentor in this industry to kind of like help you along that way? Or have you gathered one, you know, even present day or in the past? That's a really good question. And it's something I, I'm still trying to think about um, mm -hmm. because when I think of mentorship, 
I, I always think about it in the formal sense, like someone takes you on and they like help you through, you know, <laughs> your whole career path. And yeah. I have never had one person who has helped me like throughout my career path. I have, I think, many mentors because I literally mm-hmm. was just thinking about this like last week, like, okay, like. If you were you on know, the Emmy stage, like how many people would you be thinking from the media industry? That's the way that I think of it. It's yeah, like, and I think that's a that good way. list of names, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to think about it. And I need to, I need to think about who those names would be. Cause right now I know there's like two people. (laughs) No, no, there's two people. I feel like consistently over the last, I want to say five or six years, Mm -hmm. six or seven years that I'm like, I want to be like them. And they put me on, you know, and they're like, I can talk to them about stuff. Mm -hmm. But then there's also people who are like my peer, right? Mm -hmm. I think, I guess would be my peer and also producers. And we, talk like we're like talking about producer issues projects we're working on we don't work together on anything we're just connected over the fact that we're producers and we're trying to like vent about things or problem solve like you know yeah I'm working on this project xyz oh well why don't you try this it's random you know having tea or coffee with somebody with another person it's like oh yeah and that's what we do for each other and I don't know if that qualifies as mentorship or friendship. So that's my long-winded way of saying, like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm figuring it out. <laughs> and I'm figuring well, it out. Well, I would say on my end, um, you know, I transitioned from corporate a little bit later than you did, you know, and I was always appreciative, which is why I really wanted to make sure you were coming on here to just, like, really speak to the audience and stuff, because I did consider you also a mentor as well, you know, like, not... Oh. Don't cry tears, okay? No, but just like really because you were very much open to being like, okay, Levante, try this. Make sure you do that. Make sure you do this with your business, this, that, and the third. And a lot of times, I feel like sometimes in in just even our community or just in in general, people feel like it's so threatening to give knowledge out there. And I'm and I've always told people if you're gonna create sunglasses there's someone else that can create sunglasses too and you both can be profitable, right? So for me, I'm always open to helping people out. You know, if there's information that I could provide you and stuff. So I always thought, you know, that mentorship or whatever, even if it's like short-term or long-term is very much important. I wish I did not do that so far into my career because I'd probably be way further than I am now to just ask those questions, right? instead of guessing at it. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, you know, one of the other things I also do when we're thinking about like, first of all, like there's enough room for everybody. And like, I I don't operate under a scarcity model when it comes to this Mm -hmm. type of work, you know? And I know that it is positioned that way, like you just said. But I also am, I run an organization here in Chicago area called Mescala Media Collective. And it is a organization that provides equity and resources for uh, women and non-binary filmmakers of color in Chicagoland. And one of those things, you know, one of those tenants is like knowledge transfer, like Mm -hmm. there being places where we can have workshops, share ideas, training, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I have found here is that I'm always recommending people I'm like, (laughs) oh, you need somebody to do this? Like, you could talk to me or you can talk to like five other people I know. And I'm fine Mm -hmm. with that. And I'm, you know, basically a full-time freelancer, right? And like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like, you know, this, not every job is for me. 
right? Mm -hmm. And also like someone else could be better at it. My friend has got something right now that I was in the running for. And I was like, oh yeah, you got it. Okay, make sure you negotiate this. We were sharing notes, you know, even though <laughs> we were up for it and she ultimately got it. And I was like, great, like, oh, what, how's it going? And you know, where mm -hmm. she's like, oh yeah, this is going. I'm like, okay, make sure you do this. Like, oh, what if you do? It's fine. Like, I'm not hurt. I feel like early in my career, I might've been like in my early twenties when I was starting out, I think I would have been like, man, I wish I would have got it. And I think in a lot of ways I did feel a little like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where this is going to end mm -hmm. up. Like, I don't know. But one of the things that I always carried with me was like, everybody can get in on this, you know, and everybody should be able to, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, I'm, you know, I'm happy to hear that I've been helpful to you. You've definitely been helpful to me as well, but I guess I didn't think of it as like mentorship, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, I talk to people all the time. I get email emails from filmmakers who I don't really know, but we're in the community. So they mm -hmm. know of me and I answer those emails. I'm like, oh, talk to this person. Oh, you need help finding this? Oh, here's this. Someone emailed me the other day, like, oh, I know you went to grad school and I'm about to go to grad school for film. Do you have any resources for me? And I took me a week to send the email so I sent it last <laughs> night <laughs> you know so yeah well there was a producer on that said something really pivotal I can't say like word for word his name is um Chandler Kaufman and he started many moons ago and he mentioned like those first projects out of film school with that group of people in that community has gotten him jobs even today so he's like mm -hmm. decades later just from the foundation he laid then, that community has built up so much that that network, you know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. answering those questions for people could turn around and that person be like, hey, Naima, thank you so much for what you told me two years ago. Mm -hmm. I would love yeah. to have you on this, you know? So I've I, experienced that. Yeah. I have, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a real thing. That? Um, oh, man. I don't want to sound like so cocky, projects, right? but like, no, because a lot of my work honestly is through word of mouth mm -hmm. from the community. So like even this project I'm on now, the Nikki Giovanni film as the impact producer, that came from someone who I was working, you know, with sort of, but not really on another impact campaign. She was like overseeing some funding that we got from the mm -hmm. impact campaign. So, and I didn't... <laughs> To be honest, like sometimes it's hard for me to read if someone's like likes me or not. I don't actively think if someone likes me, but like, do you really? I, care? I just no. This is well, <laughs> I mean, no, I don't sure. care. I care about respect. But the thing yeah. is, like, I didn't know she would be someone to recommend me for something because we have we were just like work. You know what I mean? Like we never really had personal conversation. It was just like, all right, mm -hmm. well, we're you know little pleasantries here and there. And then I was attending a workshop, you know, because I like to keep up with things and attend webinars or seminars on anything producer related. And this one was impact producing um, about budgeting. Right. And I'm, mm -hmm. I love a budget workshop. You know, I really do. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's hard. I love it, though. I love looking at numbers. Tell a story for a producer. Anyway, so the, the person presenting on the budget uh, ended up being. Uh, this woman named Michelle, um, and she messaged me <laughs> in seeing my name in this webinar and said, oh, hey, I want, you, you know, you were someone I need, need to reach out to. I was like, Michelle, I, I, 
I like Mich I like Michelle's work, like uh, Michelle Stevenson. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, um, great. And then she's like, yeah, I got your name from so-and-so. We worked with her many moons ago. And mm -hmm. when I was looking around for some impact producer, she dropped her name. And I was like honored because again, yeah. like I didn't, there was no nothing like indicated this person. I don't know. I was just really grateful, I guess is the best way to put it. Like I was like, mm -hmm. I'm so happy that this has, you know, happened, right? Mm -hmm. So this same person, uh, this this is a whole kind of like small world thing. Um, mm -hmm. This same person, I, uh, she started a funding collaborative for um, different organizations. Mm -hmm. And this started last year or something like that, or two years ago. And the impact producer I was working with, a coordinator on another yeah. project, and she wanted a full-time job, obviously. She knew mm -hmm. I was like in talks with this other person, right? And she's like, okay, I'm going to apply. I said, yeah, use me as a recommendation. That's great, right? So she eventually gets the job, you know, which nice. is great for her. And then Mescala Media Collective, the organization that I am part of that, you know, I'm now the interim executive director, but, you know, I've held other roles there. Mm -hmm. Um when the organization, the funding collaborative, the other person opened was open for funding. The person who was hired, mm -hmm. you know, for as working for the foundation or organization recommended my organization for funding. Like, and I had no idea what, what the thing even was, but it was because she told me that I was nice to her during the impact campaign. I helped mm -hmm. her. She didn't know anything about impact producing. And I was fine with that. I was like, this is fine. You can just learn, which is what I tell people. I'm like, as long as you have the skills and you're willing to learn, you're fine. And so when she Important. applied for that, right. So when she applied for that, well, I don't really know. I was like, don't worry about it. Like, I feel like you're the best candidate for the job, me and the other filmmaker. And she was, she was great. Now she's gone on to do bigger, better things. And it was great because I benefited from that, you know, like with the recommendations and having this good relationship. So it's like all these people, you know, we were all in, like somehow interconnected. And I never thought mm -hmm. that, you know, it would come back so soon, first of all. And mm -hmm. then second of all, that like things would work out the way it did. And it was just me being like, I'm just going to be nice to people. I'm just going to help them provide information. And while she was looking for another job, I was like, yeah, drop my name. If that helps you, you know, I'm not, if that popular, helps you. but if that helps you, <laughs> like, go ahead, you know, and it did. You've just tuned into an episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their knowledge. This has been a production of Vonti Pictures, hosted by me, Vonti McRae, a screenwriter and producer. We'd also like to thank Bad Rabbit Pictures for the animated content and creator of upcoming podcast, Age of Prophecy along with our sponsor, RedHawk.UK, with all episodes being edited by Jacob Daly, director, producer, and a man of many talents. Come back next week as this saga continues for the Conversations with Filmmakers podcast.